Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tribe Method Podcast, where we help gym owners, coaches, and trainers run better businesses and inspire healthier humans. My name is Evan Bardis. I'm your host and the head of marketing here at Tribe, a powerful gym management platform designed to help you build your fitness community. Now, let's get started. I'm accompanied by our CEO, Bubba Haygood, as well as our guest here today, Ben Bergeron. So Ben, thanks for taking the time. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, so for those that don't know, Bubba and I go way back. <laughs> That's like, right, yeah. all the, all the like, way to we're, the we're CFD. We're open his doors, right? <laughs> pre, Pre-CrossFit days. Yeah, that's right. Was, yeah. Was, you know, yes. You did these 300 push-up pull-up challenges when you got Yeah. <laughs> that's probably a great p- place to start. Why don't we just, um, why don't we begin with the few people who might not know uh, where you're oriented in the business world right now, uh, Ben, because I know you have a lot of entities that you kind of touch. Uh, why don't you just kind of give us some context around the businesses that you're running, the positions you're in there, and, uh, yeah, so, and maybe what yep. you've done in the past month. Uh, <laughs> two very different things. Right. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I started CrossFit New England um, in 2007. Uh, I've been the owner operator of that since, still continue to be today. Um, as a natural extension off of CrossFit New England, we created another um, company called Comp Train, which is competitive online programming for CrossFit competitors. Um, that's really been a a big business for us. Um, also do some business coaching and um, work with some of the elite athletes in the CrossFit space. Uh, and then to your second point, the what have I done last month? Yeah. <laughs> There's laundry on the well, bed. The laundry. <laughs> <laughs> Just a few minutes ago, we were commenting that half of our, our webinars have people folding laundry in the back of them. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in the same boat as everybody else. Social distancing, the gym closed. Um, so we were the first CrossFit gym in the United States to close. Um, so we took the really early approach of, of closing our doors, um, kind of seeing what was coming down the pipeline and putting our members first. And that uh, basically spent the first of that, of the last month that we've been closed, spent the first two weeks essentially in battle mode, like figuring out what is the way that we're going to create some, a longer runway. Cause we're not like, we're, yeah, we've been around for 12 years, but and we have almost 400 members, but that makes, we're no different than any other CrossFit gym. Like we don't have six months of cash flows just sitting there waiting for an emergency fund. Like, you know, we, um, we, we did a bunch of cash, you know, we did projections and um, ran some different analysis to figure out basically for two weeks battle mode to try to figure out how we can get a longer runway. So, um, and then the last two weeks after that has been kind of, trying to reestablish community and things like that. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, I mean, uh, there's this idea of like a peacetime general and a wartime general, right? I, I think by all, all means, we're certainly in, in wartime here. Um, have, has your focus changed uh, running these businesses right now, previous to this as a kind of a peacetime general and things were good, and now in this, this wartime uh, that we're in? Yeah, I like the analogy. Yep. Um, and the answer is yes, they have changed. Um, when I was, uh, you know, if we were to roll back six to eight weeks ago, um, it, was, it was about optimizing the customer experience, educating our coaches, developing a stronger team. It was the things you do with a more mature business. Um, in the last month, it's been right back to 
early, early startup days where you're battling surf for survival. And it's, um, it brought me right back to the beginning days of operating CFNE. And like when you're an entrepreneur and most people on this webinar right now are probably gym owners and entrepreneurs. Um, it's an incredibly exciting time because you're building, you're creating, you're seeing change, but it's also because the stakes are so freaking high. If you don't do a good job, you're out of business in three, four, five, six months. When this all happened, it brought me right back to 2007 to 2010 when we were battling and try to create and try to build something. So it was um, nerve wracking. It, um, it was um, emotional. It was difficult. Um, and um, I did everything I could to try to play the leadership role and try to be productive and not get overwhelmed with the magnitude of what was coming down the pipeline. Yeah, I remember those early days when uh, you would just open the first facility, CFNE, and putting the floor in and, uh, and worried about the number of members and how you're going to make the yeah. <laughs> back, back, back way back when, when for any kind of notoriety or any kind of success, you know, just, just very raw. Yeah, so like, um, you know, us as CrossFit affiliate owners, we're in a very precarious place. Like we're, we are like on the razor edge of like what any small business in America is. The average small business in America has 27 days of free cash flow. Meaning if expenses stay the same and revenue doesn't come in, they're out of business the next month. CrossFit affiliates are, are not like these cash cows where if anything, we're on the lower side of that thing. We operate at very little margins, you know, from the, and you guys as, you know, membership company would know this probably better than we do, but from the little surveys and analysis that we've done, the average CrossFit gym is breaking even. Um, after they pay their owners a modest salary, they're break even or in the red. So what this means is during this time, um, people need to um, take drastic, massive action. And if you don't, if you wait for this thing to just pass, it, you're, going to, you're, going to get, you're not going to be there um, because this thing is going to last longer than a month. Um, we have to prepare for this to last from three to six months. And we, we spent the first two weeks doing that, getting ourselves to six months. Um, now what we're doing is trying to get ourselves to nine months or a year. Um, as universities are closing down for the fall semester, we need to be on the most conservative side of this thing. And we're trying to figure out every way that we can to get ourselves um, a longer runway. So we will continue to exist. And now, um, I, I think it's a likelihood and I, I hate to be, you know, I don't want to be, I want to be the, the, the bearer of good news. And I want to like, um, but I also want to be a realist, which is we need to, we can't just sit back and wait. We can't look for the government stimulus packages. So here's the thing. There's like three major packages out there right now. One of which we applied for, which was just a free loan. Um, there's, I think, um, I'm going to get the numbers wrong. The idle, which one, which one? Yeah, the, 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 the IEN. Emergency or EIDL. Yeah. Um, there was four times the applications than there is funding for it. So there's only 25% of the companies 
that applied for it are going to get it. So if you're like, oh, the government's going to take care of us, like you can't default to that. You got to figure out the right mechanisms that you can put in place to give yourselves a longer runway besides what the government's going to do for you. Yeah, that's true. And I, I was watching uh, some CNN news uh, earlier today, and it was talking about how the $359 billion for small business loans, that, that fund is out, right? Yeah. Like, I think it's, it's completely exhausted. And so that, that's very we interesting. We found that news last night that we, uh, we were basically kind of hoping for that, but hoping, not planning. Yeah, so right. we're hoping for it. And then that went off. We're like, okay, that's off. We're no longer working that into the projections. It's gone. You now, say get it, cash flow. Um, I was aware of that number. The, 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 most of the businesses don't have much cash flow. And uh, we were just hit by, by Stripe saying, hey, we want to we want to hold 14 days of all your, your gym's uh, cash uh, as a reserve. Right? <laughs> and not give it to your gyms. And I told them, I said, no freaking way. That would just you do that and the gyms are going to be gone. Yeah, yeah but- you just kill most of our gyms. You can't do that, right? Yeah. So we, we, we fought back and successfully. And, and nice. Got, that's uh, great. That's awesome. Got for you cash flow for the companies. But, uh, but it just speaks. I mean, it's, 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 it's a nice edge right there. That's a very strong point. Yeah. So did you actually receive uh, the loan that you applied for, Ben, or were you still waiting to hear back? Still waiting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's phenomenal what the government is doing to try to pump money into small businesses. I think it's the right mechanism not to give it to big banks like they did in 2008, which just goes to like the CEO's bonuses. I love that it's going to small businesses, majorly biased. I own multiple small businesses, um, but I do think it's the right mechanism because it keeps people um, employed, keeps a 40% of the economy going, which is small businesses. Um, but the double-edged sword of that is that they had to get out as fast as they could so that these companies wouldn't go and lay everybody off. Um, so they had to like announce it, but then they announced it before anything was kind of ready. So they announced it before they even it's all the lending goes through the banks before the banks even had any information. So they announced this thing. The banks didn't even know what was going on. We're reaching out to the banks and make sure, Hey, we're just as much in the dark as you are. So we got to wait for this thing. So it's kind of like, you have to plan for it. Like that's not going to happen. Like you're going to get zero from the government. Yeah. And, and how are you kind of uh, planning that you're going to get zero from the government right now? You're doing some financial modeling. You talked about you're yeah. probably taking drastic measures to cut costs and limit, limit exposure there. What else? So we, we, so when this, it feels like forever ago, but when this thing first happened, we were operating in two week increments. Like we thought like, okay, if we close for two weeks, maybe this thing passes. And now that sounds insane, but that was the world we were living in at the time. So during that time we committed to two things, which was, we're not going to charge members anything during that time. The doors aren't open. We shouldn't be charging members. So memberships went to zero. The other thing we did, said was, um, we can afford to pay all of our co- all of our staff 100% during this two-week time. So we committed to that. So we basically tried to just do the right thing, which is members don't pay anything, and we're continuing to pay our coaches everything. At After about five, six, seven days, the writing was on the wall. This is going to last a lot longer than two weeks. So we started to make other um, adjustments. We didn't we waited for that two week period to end, but we were making adjustments along the way through some different modeling. Um, we did not change. We're continuing to stand by. Members are not going to be charged during this time. Now, I know I own some other gyms that are, are continuing to charge members for online training platforms. I'm not saying one is right or wrong. Um, that's the stance that we've taken because we realize some of our members have lost their jobs 
we don't want to take away this community, which brings so much mental strength. So it's the best hour of their day, some stability to their day, some fitness and some, so we don't want to take that away. So what we've done is we've said, um, you don't have to pay for anything. We're continuing to run classes online through zoom. Like most people are, we're running four classes a day. Um, seven Yeah. Four classes a day. Um, but nobody has to pay for them. We're allowing, we're obviously allowing members that are volunteering. We've had members that have volunteered to continue to pay their membership, which is phenomenal. Um, we've had about, it's about 20% of our membership have continued to pay full members. They're volunteering to pay full memberships. Um, from there, we've instituted some other ways, some other mechanisms to bring some um, revenue into the business. The first was what we call like rent a dumbbell program, which was we rented out everything in Bubba rented dumbbells. Um, Three pounders. So, um, so basically everything in the gym, we have, a, we have a lot of equipment. We have a lot, a lot of equipment. We've been in business for 12 years and we have 400 members. Um, we have a facility of about 6,500 square feet. We have um, 22 rowers. We have a lot. So what we did is we rented this stuff out and the deal was you have it until we reopen. So if we are reopened in three weeks, you get for three weeks. If we reopen in three years, you have this for three years. Um, that was, we were able to raise over $20,000 through that rental program just by renting out dumbbells for 30 bucks. Dumbbells were 30 bucks. Um, boxes were 35 barbells were 40, um, rowers, ski ergs, bikes were 250. Um, and it's a win-win. Like no one needs to wait for shipping. No one needs to wait for, um, a, no one needs to do assembly. No one needs to rogue is out of dumbbells period. So they got the equipment, they can keep working on it at home. And we got over $20,000 of additional revenue. So that was one way we kept revenue coming in. Um, another thing that we did was we created um, personal training packages for our members. So you can hire a coach now to do package one is um, programming. You can, they'll do uh, a, a week of programming for you. Package two is they will do, um, personal training, three uh, personal training sessions a week for you. Package number three is they'll do small group training. You and up to eight friends, they'll run a personalized class for you. Package four is nutrition programming. So um, the coach, we're able to, um, the coach it takes 80% of that. The gym takes 20% because the gym is providing the, um, the members, the, the, the client base. We're also providing the insurance. We're also providing the billing and other things. So it's a real win-win for the coaches, the members, and the gym as well. Um, we do 80-20, but I'm not saying that's right or wrong either. 50-50 is, like is not a bad way to go through that. 50-50 is more like the industry norm. Um, from there, what we did is we started to um, um, cut costs. So non-essential employees. Um, so what we have is we have front desk employees. Um, essentially are being furloughed. So after that two week of guaranteed income, um, what we went to from there was um, an additional month at 50%, just to allow people the opportunity to um, not have to rush to go on employment. So there's no gaps. Sometimes it takes three weeks to, from you apply to get unemployment. So we um, furloughed them essentially 50% pay for a month 
And then after that, those non-essential employees will be taking in um, unemployment. Unemployment, if people haven't looked into it yet, right now is really strong. Um, it's actually 50% of, it's normally 50% of pay up to a certain number, but what they're doing now, it's 50% of pay plus 600 bucks per pay period. I think that, I think that's per pay period. Um, so every two weeks, they get an additional 600 bucks. So the government's doing a lot of stuff to help. Um, from there, our coaches went from hundred percent. They're also all going down to 50%, but we're also going to 50% work hours as well. So things are falling in hour, in line. So we're not just asking them to sacrifice. They're going to 50% pay and 50% work. Um, they can't go on an unemployment because they're actually coaching classes, reaching out to members and doing other stuff and staying on payroll. Um, if it gets to the point where we need to, it's part of the modeling. If this thing goes longer than three months, we'll cut that down. We'll cut our staff down as well into an additional um, 50% of paid staff. We'll go towards a really skeleton crew if we need to. Got it. Yeah, that's pretty, that's, that's pretty good. And I mean, all, all that encompassing is what I think about is, and I know it's a number one challenge that gyms are facing, I think, internally now um, in their businesses is keeping members engaged. So you kind of highlighted like you're doing four classes a day. You're uh, yeah. doing these four levels of, of personal training. Um, the, the group classes that you're, or the private classes that you're doing at, at eight, up to eight people, how is that being uh, structured? How are you doing that? Okay. Let me go back. Uh, one more before we go to that one is another thing that every gym should do is reach out to their landlord. Um, landlords, you guys should know this is that landlords, um, are getting, there's a package for landlords, um, that they get a month of free, um, mortgage. Like that's, that's happening. That's a package that's in place. You, everybody, ask for, um, don't ask for free rent. Instead, say, can I have a rent holiday? Which rent holiday is, is can I, instead of paying rent this month, I'll extend my lease an extra month. No landlord, no landlord wants to be, have a vacancy right now. They don't want you to go out of business. Every single CrossFit gym in the world should ask for a rent holiday of three months. Period. Like that's just a for sure. Now what we've done is we've lowered expenses on payroll for which most people is about 50 to 60% of revenue. Now we've done is reduced um, rent for potentially three months. So that goes to zero. There's very little utilities at this point. Basically expenses are going down to somewhere probably around 25% of what they were before. If you have 20% of your members continue to pay some form of membership, beautiful. So what we've done on the membership side is you can pay full voluntarily. What we're instituting starting in the next, because we've seen that this is going to go longer, is voluntarily, you can continue to pay full or 50% or free. That's it. So we're just putting some structured, tiered stuff to this. Um, luckily, right now, we have 80 members volunteering to pay their full membership. That's so freaking amazing. What we're hoping is when we institute this other, because um, people have asked, hey, I'm taking these classes. I want to support the gym. Um, should I be paying something? We don't have anything to answer that question right now. It's like, yes, you can pay half your membership to continue to pay to take these free classes. So we've created the runway. We are, we're, we are good now um, through October. So we wow. can operate this through October and be totally cool without making any other drastic changes. That does not include, that's keeping all of our coaches on staff at 50% plus the additional earning potentials. Yeah, actually, Spieler implemented a, a very similar program. Is essentially pay pay what you can. You're not offering anything 
significantly different to the people who are choosing to pay their full membership versus the people who are paying 50% nope. free? Yeah, we're not. Same access. Okay. So your other question, which is like um, just uh, customer engagement stuff. So yeah, we're offering those small group training classes. Um, to be totally honest, those aren't being taken advantage. I think we have like one person doing it. It's next to nothing. I think it's because people like being a part of the four Zoom classes we're doing a day. Other thing that we're doing in terms of engagement is we're just kind of upping, like I'm, I'm doing stuff like this, but with our members. So what we're doing is... Um, Every single day when we post the workout of the day, we have a coach on video describing what we would describe normally in a class, but it's, it, they're describing because not everyone's going to take a class. Some people are just going to do the workout. It's the stimulus. It's the appropriate loading. It's the movement points performance. It's the movement standards. It's the strategy that they should do it. It's um, any sort of like scaling options or modifications that they should be doing. So that's a three to five minute video of a coach being in front of them, which is really good. FaceTime. We have a second coach come on in the same day that does something in terms of like um, how to live a more healthier life. So something about um, each coach owns a specific um, area of expertise. My wife, Heather, talks about sleep. Um, Alicia talks about nutrition. Morgan talks about training. I talk about how to build better relationships. Um, Tori talks about mindset. So every single day it rotates through and we have a three to five minute conversation about that. From there, we're doing more stuff in terms of like just getting people talking socially um, through comments. So every day we ask a random question. Today's question was, um, what Netflix series should I start watching? And just where are you asking get, it? Uh, it's, on, it's on our, where we post the workout. Okay, on your blog? Um, on, on SugarWad for us. Okay. Um, yep, so it's where people go to get the workout. Yesterday's was... Um, Tell me a random fact. So people, I mean, it's, it's hysterical what people are pulling out, but it just creates a discussion amongst that. Um, on top of that, we're trying to do more in terms of, we're, as a gym, uh, admittedly, we're terrible with social media. It's just not one of our areas of focus. We're just kind of leaning into that more. We're building out um, more into that. And then I'm just, as a gym owner, trying to get in front of people more. So tonight at um, 6.30, we're doing um, a fireside chat with Ben. So I'm literally, I have a fire pit outside my house. We're literally going to make a fire and I'm going to talk to all the members that want to jump on. And I'm going to talk to them about the gym, where we are, but more so about like my take on how we can kind of thrive in this strange time that we're I in. I think that's, it's, I mean, like we do Zoom happy hour as a tribe. It is kind of Love like it. trying to get everybody to get together, uh, you know, kind of, connect talk about what's going on uh you know that's how people connect i mean it's um it's harder to connect in that sort of fashion in a just a workout class yeah you know, but, but it's much easier in a more informal social setting even on zoom it works people yep. just chat and talk about what's going on so you guys just led me into my next question perfectly so i was going to ask um how important is the sense of community at cfne uh and has that changed in the past month yeah so the um um, so community is a, I think is a really overused term in our, in our industry. I think people just throw the word community out there all the time and people believe that, uh, they have a good community just because they have a CrossFit gym. And it's probably true. Like most CrossFit gyms have a real much better community than the default, which is a global gym or in orange theory or soul cycle, or even most yoga places. So the community is stronger. 
but if you change the word community for culture, I think people would um, start to like raise an eyebrow and maybe like kind of think about it a little bit deeper. So for us, what's really important to us is our culture um, because community is forged through like the default stuff. It's like the things that every gym is going to do anyway. It's like doing open houses and running events and socials and celebrating birthday parties. And that's like forced family fun. Like because you do that stuff doesn't make you a great family. If you want a great family, you have to structure and focus on who are we? What do we stand for? What is our principles? And who are we? What is our core values? Like who are we? That's what we lean into really strongly at CFNE is um, who we are. And um, that's become, um, so that's massively, massively important to us. And for us, it's we lean into, we are humble, hungry, and happy. And we can kind of go into those things if we want to, but um, everyone in the gym knows those things. Um, they know what they mean. Um, and we go so far as to like, you know, we wear bracelets about it. We call people out when they complain. We, um, if, you know, it's, 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 it drives all of the actions, decisions, behaviors of the gym. So it's everything of CFNE. During this strange, weird time that we're in now, it's way more challenging because you just don't have the FaceTime. You know, we have a really unique opportunity as CrossFit gym owners and coaches that we have three, four, five, sometimes seven or eight, you know, back when Bubba was a competitor, probably 10 to 12 hours of FaceTime with our, with our end users. There's almost, I mean, trying to think of another business that has that opportunity. I mean, it's besides like uh, um, an elementary school teacher, there really is, I can't think of another business that has the amount of face-to-face -face contact time that we do. Well, that's gone. Like we at best now have an hour four or five days a week because people aren't people hanging think out. The, the shorter classes, the 30 classes are working better because people kind of fit it in better and people are consuming things a little differently now. So Yeah, so it's working better potentially in terms of like um, the ease of um, consuming the product. If the product for you is thrusters and pull-ups, the product for us is building a family of humble, hungry, happy people who kick ass in their 90s. And the number one objective of that is to create, in your words, a really strong community. 30-minute classes over Zoom, I don't care what the attendance rate is, is not going to achieve that the way that getting to someone to hang out for 30 minutes after a class in person is going to. So the challenge is real. We yeah. have not figured out, we have a lot of things we're trying, as we mentioned, <laughs> that nothing is coming close to that. So it's the reason, I mean, this is the... I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's the reason our business model isn't online classes. There's a reason we choose to come to a gym. We could be way more profitable if we have to, if we'd have to pay $15,000 a month in rent, if we just want to do this virtually, but it's not, it doesn't yield the product that we're trying to create. So it's different. It's a different business model. So the struggle's real. We're trying to formulate some new best practices, but we're not there yet. I think it's the same answer from everybody we talked to so far. Right? <laughs> like nobody's an expert in this thing going forward. It's they're trying to figure it out. And yes, it's very, very different and very, very hard right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we are iterating, we are making it better. We're going to like, you know, as if this thing, cause we're trying to plan now through October. So what we're doing is we can't just keep doing this. We can't do zoom classes with me in my garage. Like, so what we're going to do is we're going to build out a studio at CFNE 
that um, you know is a lot more high production that would be closer to like a Peloton model because if this thing's going to go a lot longer than that, we need to make it better. So we're not there yet, but that's what we're leaning towards. If this thing ended in, I don't know, let's say the, the lower side of your spectrum, let's say in three months, uh, would you continue to, to produce that type of content? Do you think there's a return to a new normal or do you think yeah. things actually revert all the way back to the, kind of the way they were and yeah, if my, if my, um, if my metric for success was, um, eyeballs and, or, um, um, revenue, I probably would continue to do it, but that's just not what I'm trying to do. And Bubba, who's been a member of our gym since 2007, just knows that, um, my, my goal is really to try to build a family and I can't build a family virtually. Like I just not going to happen. Um, so it's not something that we're going to continue to do afterwards, regardless of kind of like, yeah, it's, it's a, um, Hey, look at this guy. Booty. I got a new game. I got That's a new awesome. game, but it's not. The this is quarantine life for real. Like this is. Yeah. This, <laughs> this is so right real. Game. It wasn't, it the, right wasn't the right game, but it was. Um, I'm guessing like, school's over, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, daddy. Yes. So, daddy, I seen it. Um, when uh, I was in there and. Uh, yeah. Okay, guys. Guys, I'm in the middle of this. Is a this is. So a, normally this, those guys would be climbing close to your barbell, so you'd have to worry about them being. You got a new that one? game, and then I saw it, so I wanted to download okay. it, and okay. I Buddy, did. Yeah, I need your help right now, okay? Can you go back downstairs oh, for a little bit? Yes, yes. Okay, thank you. Harley, no, no, babe. I need your help. Can you go I downstairs? Just for... a little bit. Can you go downstairs for a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, 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 you can't. Stop. <laughs> okay, downstairs, downstairs, babe. Okay? Downstairs. Ah! Bye. You know, you know Heather's letting them in. She's trying to tell me, go upstairs and follow oh, your dad. Yeah. No, 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 no. Was... <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you. Okay, bye, guys. Thank you. Hi, <laughs> guys. Buddy, buddy, you gotta let go. Buddy, you gotta do me a favor, buddy. Okay, time to do it. Open the door. That's awesome. <laughs> real life, man. Yeah, that's what it's all about. People forget that. See, yes. <laughs> it's uh, it's one of the principles that we kind of like use and we lean into is like um, um, don't don't expect your way for perfect. Like, just you you do what you can with what you got for where you are. You know, it's like things are not, if anybody that's trying to, um, and we talk about this in terms of like coaching, somebody that's coming back from an injury, coming back from pregnancy, coming back from a long layoff or whatever it might be, uh, you know, someone has shoulder surgery and they get so frustrated because it, it's been eight months and they're still not back to their PRs. It's like, dude, you're not supposed to compare to where you were before. You do what you can with what you got for where you are in your journey right now. And if everyone just kind of took that perspective, and wasn't like getting pissed off because their kids were walking in or get pissed off because the internet connection is bad. Like, dude, just do what you can right now. Like it's not going to be, it's not gonna be ideal. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you would describe this stuff as ideal. Absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what should, in your opinion, Ben, what, what should gym owners be doing? You talked a little bit about different pieces of it. Uh, taking aggressive action, I think is a very strong sentiment and, and well, well heard. What should gym owners be doing right now to kind of navigate through this? You're doing a lot of uh, future planning. You've already done a lot of future planning, but I mean, kind of bottom line that for me. Yeah. So the first thing I would do is, um, um, I'm trying to do this without like, uh, but map out some financial projections. Like you got to understand where you are and when you're going to run out of money. Like you have to know, you have to know when you're going to run out of money. And then from there, put in some different scenarios. 
like, okay, if we are able to do this, does this give us a longer runway? Okay. And you got to kind of plan for like three different scenarios. So there's like best case scenario, which is like, um, this thing's over in, um, two weeks. Okay. And what is this? What are we, if, if that, if that happens, um, are we going to, are we gonna make it two weeks? Like, okay. If that's the case, you don't need to make massive changes. Like don't lay your people off, whatever it is. Then create a different scenario of like, okay, this thing's going to last until July. Okay. And then another scenario, this is going to last until September. Another one that this is going to last until January. And then you have to try to figure out what the necessary steps you need to do in order to get there. Cause you might need to take out a loan. Like you, you might need to like, and that's an okay thing to do, but don't take out a loan if you're going to survive. Like that's now you're just going into debt for no reason. Like that's the first thing I would do is you got to create a few different um, financial models. Yeah. Sounds like you took a really realistic approach to it as well. A lot of people tend not to look at it head on. They, uh, they tend to kind of uh, yeah. always hope for the best. So this is, this is, um, like a principle everybody needs to do. Like you have to be an extreme realist in prisoner of war camps. This is whether you're talking about like um, Victor Frankl in, um, you know, in the Holocaust survival thing, or you talk about um, uh, Admiral Stockdale, who was the highest ranking officer in the, the Korean war, who was tortured and, but, but was able to survive for seven years. The optimists are the first to die. Right. I'm going to say it again. The people that like, we're going to get out by Christmas. Like this, it's so, it's so the parallels are so strong for us right now. The people that are saying like, we'll be okay. We'll be back to business in two weeks. They're the first gyms that are going to go under. Now the ones that last longer are the pessimists or the ones that are like, dude, we're never getting out of here. Now they plan for the long haul, but they're so negative that um, the negativity eats them alive and that they're the next to die. The people that make it the longest are the extreme realists. The ones that are going like, dude, we're not getting out of here before Christmas, but you know what? I'm going to do everything I can right now today to maximize what I can do. That's, I mean, it's as simple as that. Like just be a realist. Yeah. You've always said that yeah, I took out of control what you can control and like other things outside of your, your control just wash over you. Um, one thing you, commented on i think is really important to kind of emphasize is that you're you're kind of investing in higher quality production and mm -hmm. uh, making the workouts you know better for your members right <laughs> they can actually see the people during burpees and and they actually you know get something out of it I, I know on the consumer side for a lot of this stuff it is incredible like some of these gyms are putting out you know content that it's just it's it's not pleasant to be participating in. Right? Well, that's probably us right now. Honestly, that's, I mean, it's me with the, the, the poor lighting and stuff, right? It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, um, yeah. And you, and you, in this world now, you know, things are changing. People can go and take a video zoom class for whoever they want to. There's so much free content online. And yeah. I find myself gravitating toward, uh, toward, uh, providers who maybe I've never been to before, but they do a much better job running the class, engaging the class, you know, keeping themselves lit, um, you know, having, yeah. having an engaging experience in the new experience, you know, they're not, you know, uh, yeah. Two, new hey, world so guys, new value. Guys, one second, guys. <laughs> guys, guys, please. This is awesome. <laughs> it's so much exactly like the gym.
right? Because <laughs> you're, you're just running around. That's a block the door. Now it's by that pile of barbells. Yeah. <laughs> so much like reality. Yeah. So, Bob, to, um, um, two two points to to that. The first one is um, it doesn't make it did not make sense for people to invest a lot into the infrastructure of online classes because in the early part of this because we thought that this was first off most gyms didn't think they were gonna be closed and we thought we were gonna be closed for two weeks, but now the reality is settling in. It might start to make sense now, and that's why we're we're looking to it now. Um, before it was a stopgap, now it might be the new norm. So create a great product. Here's, here's even without like the production value though, here's just watching some of our coaches and what we could be doing better is if you're um, running a class of 15 to 20 people and you're the coach, um, you can't coach the way you used to, which is um, what you need to do. You have to think of yourself as a radio sports commentator which literally what you should be doing is create an engaging, exciting experience is by commentating what's happening. That's literally like we have Bubba, you know, you know, Bubba's doing thrusters in the garage. You know, you're literally just, you're talking about shared experience. It's creating the shared experience. Classes are different now and people who don't adapt. Here's what the coaches do. The coaches are looking at a zoom class with 15 in the gallery view, 15 different people. And they're sitting there and they're entertained. Because they're looking at 15 different people working out. The people working out are not looking at that. They're working out. So if the coach isn't commenting and co commentating about what's going on, it's just silence. Or it's, good job, Bubba. Good job, Evan. Yeah, exactly. Good job, Mark. Good. It's like, what you need to do is go like, oh, Bubba's speeding up his burpees. He's going to catch Evan. Evan, Bubba's catching you. He's catching you, Evan. Evan, stand up your burpees all the way. Just don't go faster. You got to stand up all the way. There he goes. Oh, he's getting, oh, Evan's finished. Bubba, go get him. Like, <laughs> you're, you're trying to create an exciting experience for them. It's not a matter of like just sitting there and because before people were in the same room so they could feel it. They can't just, feel it now. That's absolutely right. Things are different now. You, you gauge your members in different ways. People on the consuming side are looking for different things to make it a pleasure, you know, great experience for them. Yeah, and what I, what I think is very interesting too, and I want to make sure people didn't miss that, is that even though Ben is investing in upgrading the content production that they're going to be putting out, it's not a foregone conclusion that they maintain that same level of production when they come back. Not because it won't lead to additional revenue or, or better viewership or more reach, but because it's not explicitly connected to what their mission is as a business. And that's very important. So I think it's a... a big misconception right now that there is a way to do something versus listening to what others are doing and trying to map it to your business to see, try it on and see if it fits. Yeah. Um, so like I, I stole some Jeff Bezos and I just think it's so phenomenal, which is vision is set in stone. Strategy is up for grabs. Like our vision is to create a family of humble, hungry, happy people who kick ass in their nineties. That is set in stone. We're not changing that. But the strategy that we use on how to get there, like, okay, now we're going to do Zoom classes. Now we're going to upgrade our production. We're going to do this online thing. But then when, it, when that, we go back to normal, we're going to go back to normal. The other method that like, we're morphing the strategy to fit the time and the needs of the demands of where we are right now. Yeah. And that's perfect. So, and again, leads right in. So Trump really just laid out kind of a three-phase plan on reopening the country uh, it's a, it could take a very long time, although it, it is nice to at least have something in the discussion of 
what reopening could look like for folks. And from the fitness facility side, from the gym side, there's a really nice silver lining in that the first phase includes gyms who are social distancing and have, you know, heightened cleaning protocols, et cetera. But gyms are as part of phase one. So that's, a, that's very important. Are you thinking about reopening and do you think things will, will be the same or different? You mentioned the content side, so that's important, but that leads us in here. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're thinking about reopening. I think about reopening every day. I can't wait to reopen. <laughs> so yes. Are, um, are you anticipating that there is like a big rush of people, uh, you know, over the course of a week, all your members sign back up or do you have kind of a, an, a, a plan or, or so one, to speak of one second, I guess, look? Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know the answer to that. Um, so the way that we're, we're planning for it, um, is we're not, yeah, we're, I'm not going to worry about, um, the ramp back up. I'm worrying about the survival right now. Um, and when it comes like the business gets back to what the business was doing and we had a good thriving business. So I think that we'll be okay. Um, you know, I think that it's, it's, there's too many contingencies and too many variables to try to like, it's what Bubba just said. It's like, that's a little bit outside our control right now. We don't know what the world is going to look like in um, two, three, six months. If it goes back to normal, easy. But if it goes back and they say you can only have eight people, okay, that's going to be a very different scenario. When we know what those protocols look like, we'll deal with those at that time. There's too much to worry about right now to plan for um, how to thrive. Understood. Guys, I'd love to do some, some Q&A if you guys are, if Ben, if you're cool with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you guys have questions, there's really two channels, but I'm going to direct you towards the chat channel. It's just a little bit easier to manage. So in the bottom of your screen, the bottom center, there's a chat bubble. Um, go in there, type any questions that you have for Ben, and we'll start picking out a few. I already have a bunch that are logged here, and we'll just see if we can get to as many as we can. Um, unless, Bubba, you have any critical questions you're looking to start off with. Oh, critical. That's... Yeah. <laughs> Not any questions, any critical questions. Yeah. Evan knows how to keep me in line here. <laughs> My questions have to be critical ones. Or yes. I'll, like, shut up. <laughs> well, after this, he'll just say, you know, we really should ask that question. No, <laughs> no, no. I just, uh, I just love it. Being able to kind of get bent on and talk about these sorts of things. Uh, you know, the man who talked me through six minutes of plank uh, can, can talk to anybody, any gym through anything. <laughs> yeah. I was in like 2008 too. I was yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think you answered this, but uh, Julie asked, where are the small, small group classes being done? It's through Zoom? Yes. And then um, are you doing personal trainings through Zoom as well? Yes. Yep, both through Zoom. Right on. Uh, you mentioned the, the adoption of those the small private training classes and how people really haven't taken advantage of those. Have people adopted the more one-to-one side of it a little bit easier or is yeah. it still lower adoption? Yep, the, the, the one that um, is uh, the most, um, being the most used is um, our programming side. So an, an athlete, a member can reach out to a coach and the coach will, specific to their goals, their um equipment, their schedule, their ability, create a program specific for them. Um, that's one that's been most highly adapted uh, or um, utilized. The next is um, probably nutrition. And then the third would be one-on-one um, -on -one Zoom training classes or training, one-on-one uh, -on -one training sessions. Cool. 
Emily asked a really good one. So uh, she says, hey, Ben, thanks for doing this. Do you have any advice for gyms in the making going forward? She's in the process of affiliating right now, uh, but thankfully I've not leased a space yet. I'm doing what I can, obviously, but not ideal. Uh, wondering if you have any advice for the future gym owner. Yeah, uh, COVID related, um, probably not, other than to wait completely until this whole thing is over. Do not sign a lease, do not start a business up in this um, for, for massively awesome, obvious reasons. Um, but on the flip side of this, I think that you're going to have a, a really strong advantage because um, I see a lot of um, gyms not reopening. Uh, to, to be the uh, extreme realist out of this thing. Um, the average gym is going to have 27 days of free cash flow. Um, most of these gyms, are, we have to survive um, probably closer to three to six months. The reality is um, a lot of these are going away, so you're going to have less competition. Sounds good. Lacey asks, how are you adapting your programming for, the for your individual clients? Are you keeping them engaged while at home? Yep. So we're, we're, um, we are doing two things. We're assuming a minimal equipment track which essentially do you have a dumbbell and do you have a jump rope? Um, we've created a, a program. So um, there's one programming track that uh, follows that. And there's one that says, okay, you don't have any equipment. So um, every day we post two workouts every day, assuming those two things. And then from there, we run four classes a day that the average attends those classes about 15 people per class. How much is the new program that you're offering? I think it's the one-on-one -on -one with the 80 to 20 split with gym and coach. Uh, how much is the new program compared to your regular membership? Uh, so that's not a program. Those are one-on-one um, -on -one training sessions. So everything is 45 bucks for a member. So it's 45 bucks for a week of new, of, um, or, or for programming. Um, it's 45 bucks for one 45-minute session, one-on-one. -on -one. It's 45... Um, the nutrition one, I'm, I, I can't remember off my top of my head. It's not, it's not 45. Um, or the small group classes, everything is 45 bucks per, uh, per member. Um, just as a, as a kind of a, um, when we do these in person, um, most of our coaches charge $100 an hour. Um, but because of the reality of the situation that we're in, um, we've ever, all of our coaches have drastically reduced their, their rates. Sounds good. You mentioned the equipment rental process has yielded 20K for you guys in, in funds, which is amazing. Are you charging that rate that you had mentioned, you know, $40 for a dumbbell? Is that monthly? No, it's until, uh, until we reopen. Got it. So it's a one-time charge. One-time charge. Hey, okay. Being a member of the gym, I mean, it's, uh, a lot of people are doing it because yeah, you know, to help the gym out, right? So, it's, support yeah, the, it's, it's, it's a, a way for members to support the gym. <laughs> First and foremost, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I want a dumbbell, but <laughs> yeah, um, but and it's it's phenomenal. Like you know, it we basically got over a month, so we pay like whatever it is. It, it doesn't really matter, but we pay like between twenty and uh, ten and twenty thousand dollars a month in rent. So it got us over a month's rent. Yeah, that's amazing, and it connects you to the gym too. It's beyond just giving people equipment; it connects you. I mean. And Who's going to be doing those is, workouts? I'm, I'm not, the gym is empty. Like yes, everything, everything. Gone. Yeah. I mean, I, I was the last person to get a kettlebell, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it was empty. Um, let's see. Are you planning on making changes to your business during the pandemic? Listen to the, listen to it. This whole episode is about that. <laughs> changes that were hard to implement while running full speed. Um, I pretty much all of this, I'm going to guess. I can probably answer that for you. I'm guessing all of this was quite difficult to implement running full speed 
which I think we've all been moving. Is there anything in particular that stands out as like, this is a huge challenge that we haven't been able to crack yet? Um, I'm not following the question really. Yeah, I, I guess it just says, what were some changes that were hard to implement while um, you were running the full speed? Yeah, no, every, 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 nothing was easy. <laughs> um, so when this happened, it's so overwhelming, right? Your business has been pulled out from under you. You have zero income coming in. You have all of your expenses going out. Um, it's super overwhelming. You're in charge of a staff of 10 to 20 people and a tribe of 400. That's a lot of responsibility. So um, after getting a little overwhelmed, frankly, and, you know, having, uh, you know, it wasn't a complete breakdown, but to the point where I was like, okay, like I need to, here's, here was the, the short, it's like, I just need to start taking crazy action. So what I, what I did was like, what is everything that I need to do? And I just wrote it up on a whiteboard and wrote up like, and there's about 50 different things. Each one of those 50 things was really tough. It was, I, I'd have a conversation with every single employee one-on-one, -on -one, talk to them about what the potential is for, what is furloughing? What does it mean to go on employment? What does it mean to, for us to keep you on and have those discussions? So need to do that. Then it's from there. It's like, okay, how do we set up Zoom? Okay, try to figure out all that. Okay, how to create new class procedures for Zoom? Okay, figure out that. What does unemployment look like? What, is, um, um, what do these business loans look like? What does the payment protection plan look like? And it's like, create a list of 50 different things and just start knocking them off. In yeah, every single one. Right none, none of those were easy. Yeah, it's, it's not like things are quiet because the gym is empty. You're, you're doing all this pivot. You're making I have never been. I have never been busier. I have never been busier. I am waking up. Yeah, I'm I, starting my work earlier and finishing later, and I don't have – it's the opposite. I'm in survival mode. It's like it's wartime. Like that's the opposite. Like I get it. If you're an employee of a Fortune 500 company and work – yeah, the work demand is going to go down. Or you're, you used to wait tables and the restaurant's gone. Like, yeah, your work's gone down. If you're an entrepreneur trying to fight for the survival of your business – you're, there should be no other time in the, the life cycle of your business that you are working harder. Yeah. I can't tell you the amount of questions that we've had crop up uh, with people tapping into Tribe and using features they've never used before because everybody is scrambling. Everyone's adapting. You know, I, I dropped my Zoom link into the, the workout. Okay, cool. How do I make sure that the video is playing on my member side? How can I test that out? It's Everybody's like, doing things very different than they have in different. the past, which is it's, it's great to shake things up, Alan, but it takes a lot of energy, a lot of time to relearn things. To you know, establish new procedures, especially if you have a, a well-established business with known ways of doing things. And I know all your classes, your coaches are whole; they're all coached up on exactly what they should be saying and how they should be acting. All that's now up in the air, and now there's a whole different set of of skills and and things. You they basically have to recreate your business again. That's in, what in, in a week. Right? <laughs> it's exactly no for but for real. Like you literally have to like redo everything. So. You have to go back through your lease again. You have to do that. You have to go back through your insurance. I went through all of our insurance, went through all that. Is there any clauses in our insurance? Went through like all of the hiring and the HR process, like all of that again. Re recreate all the class procedures. Rebuild your membership. It's like you literally have to rebuild your entire business in a two-week span. And you can do it too. Yeah, so you don't have any free time. <laughs> it's Mike, Mike asked a really, I guess there's a ton of questions. So I'm going to try and get through as many as I can guys uh, with so many free online coaching platforms or, or people selling online programming. 
how do you sell personal training right now to, to your members? And do you determine the price of this service? And how do yeah. you determine the price? You, you don't. You say, guys, this is a way for you to support your coaches. We, the reason we created it was because I had so many members reaching out saying, how can we support the coaches? That's the reason we did that was it's a, it's a vehicle. It's a mechanism. It's a tool for the members to support the coaches. We're not going to do a GoFundMe page. We're not going to do fundraising for our coaches. That doesn't speak to the ethos of what we're trying to create. What we want to do is create some sort of win-win where we can help them. We can put our coaches in <clears throat> coaching positions and the members can benefit from it. So we are not trying to sell these packages. What we're doing is putting these in front of our members saying, guys, if you're looking for a way to support your coaches, here's what it is. Yeah. And if you built, built the right family, culture, community, over this will happen. You mentioned uh, you're doing a, a you know, bonfire, fireside chat with uh, you today, uh, and a bunch of your coaches kind of have specialties that they talk about, uh, and people can attend the, what I would, I guess we'll just call it a class. Do you guys, does CFNE right now offer, um, let's just say fitness or wellness classes beyond just the at-home workouts, a la uh, meditation, yoga, yeah. stretching, anything like that? No, we don't. So um, it's not, um, so we're really disciplined in our approach in our business. As you know, Bubba, like when you, you know, when you know what your mission is, like you know how to, it, it kind of sets up some strategies for you. Um, we don't chase bright, shiny, shiny objects. So we are not a yoga facility. We are not a meditation facility. We are not, um, you know, we lean into what we call the five factors of fitness, training, nutrition, sleep, mindset, and relationships. We lean into those things. But our core competency um, is running CrossFit classes. That's what we do. And that's what we're continuing to do. It's really hard to do one thing really well. It is next to impossible to do two, three, or four things even pretty good. Sheena asks, hey, Ben, how would you manage a business if the founder wanted to step away, potentially leaving it to the other shareholders in this current environment? What would be the top steps to take action during this transition? Yeah, the first one is to um, get that guy out, get that girl out, get that, that partner out. Um, if, if that partner was um, absentee, meaning they didn't have any voting shares, they didn't have a say in the way the business was run, like probably not a big deal. If they do, if they have a voice um, they, and they're not interested in being a part of this, like, man, um, that's, a, that's a toxic place to be, uh, particularly if they want to get out. So step one is figure out what the right buyout or um, what the right way is to get that person out of the business. Um, so if that's the question was, what is the first step? That is certainly first step is figure out how to get them out. Then from there, if they had roles and responsibilities in the business, is figure out who the right person is for the right seat, who's going to absorb those roles and responsibilities. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of people have asked kind of a roundabout way of getting to the same question. So I'm going to just kind of summarize it, but it's, it's ultimately, you know, of the members that you have, you know, how many of them on a percentage estimate are attending zoom classes and yep. is like the attendance to those things, something you really, really focus on and care about. Um, how do you think about that? Yeah. Um, 
So let me answer the first one because uh, it's a just a, a number thing. Um, we have about 365 members right now. Um, I think we have probably about 85 to, uh, this is a guess. Um, and the reason it's a guess is because I'm going to get to the next question. Um, um, I'm going to guess we have probably about 85 to 100 and some low hundreds people attending those Zoom classes. It is very important that we pay attention to that. And we just started tracking it. And that's why I don't have a good number. So one of the ways that we're going to, uh, what gets measured gets improved. So literally just at the start of la last week. So I only have like half a week of, um, uh, um, we started tracking this half of last week. I don't have this week's numbers yet in front of me. Um, so we get these reports every Tuesday. So I'll know last week of Tuesday. So um, I got the report this week for last week which was only half a week. So I have three days worth of reporting. Um, so it is something that's massively important to us. Um, when we get those numbers back, we're going to work really hard to try to, to beef those numbers up. Um, and the way we'll do that is probably first and foremost is um, reaching out. So one of the things we're putting in place is our current coaches reaching out to um, our members, particularly the ones they haven't seen in, their, in the Zoom classes. Yeah, you have to know what you have to fix, right? <laughs> yeah. So getting the data yeah. is super critical and then, you know, having people check into Zoom classes even, things like that, so that you know, you know, what percentage of your population is currently engaged yeah. in what you're doing and, uh, you know, and you've got a, a, some appreciation of what your risk is coming out of this. These people might not be coming back or yeah. you know, renewing their It's membership. hard to improve your bench press if you don't know how much you're bench pressing right now. Yeah. That's right. Um, so, I mean, probably the last question that I'll, I'll ask here before we wrap it up, we're coming up on 1230. Uh, what do you think will happen to the CrossFit business model after we return to normal? Will it change in a way? Cause everybody here says that this workout at home thing is taking plate or taking or replacing what's their, they're calling the new norm. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to change it. Um, that aspect of it at all. I, I just, I don't, the, the power, there's a reason, there's a reason CrossFit gyms were created the way that they were created. You will get fitter. You will get better results if you train with other people in the same place, period. I mean, Greg Glassman said it really early on. He's like, uh, you know, he was big in cycling after, after he got gymnastics, he was big in cycling. And the saying in the cycling community was um, when someone said like trying to measure up like how good of a cyclist somebody was, they'd say, who do you cycle with? And anybody that said I cycle alone isn't a good cyclist. It's you're, you're the average of the people you five people you spend the most time with go to a gym and train with five people that are fitter than you. You're not going to get that through zoom. You will not get that through zoom. Now, What's going to come out of this is someone's going to create the Peloton of CrossFit. That will happen. Let's explore that real quick. What do you mean by that? Somebody will do this at a much higher professional level, but they will dominate the market. There will not be a bunch of small players the way that there is right now. What people have now is they love their little community. And they're trying to stay a part of their little community. If, people, if community goes away, it just rises to the best provider. 
And Peloton has no community. You're just rising up to the best available product or service. We are, pro this is the deal guys. My take on this. We are not in the business of thrusters and pull-ups. We're in the business of creating relationships. Yeah, so I gotta say that 100%. And I think that means that these businesses are coming back to predominantly where they are right now. Yes. Right? Gonna be, I mean, I think it serves a vital need in the human psyche to be together with people in a common yes. goal sharing, common stimulus. Uh, group classes are not going away. I do not see it going to a Peloton model, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, the group, the small group gym where there's fundamentally relationships with the people there, your buddy, buddy, people you're working out with and the owners who's got the common goals is not going away. People can go buy a, a bottle of wine and drink it at home for six bucks. Yet they choose to go to a bar and drink $17 glasses of wine. So I don't think this may challenge temporarily the fundamental model behind a CrossFit gym. I don't think this uh, is the, 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 you know, the toll, the death toll of the CrossFit business model at all. No, I think what's going to happen is um, people are going to realize that they need to start running a business with better um, fiscal and operational responsibility and excellence. Yes. You can no longer just go in and like open the doors, hope and pray they come, start the clock, put up a workout, high five afterwards. What you need to, what everyone needs to do is um, become a more mature business. And if you create a more mature business, you become more financially stable. If you become more financially stable, you can withstand hits like this. Yeah. Us included. Like we need to do it. I need to do it. I'm, I'm not immune to this at all. Like I need I for sure need to get better. Well, I may say if I, you, you you have and have you hadn't have a great business so i mean if you're you know you're reeling from this i'm sure that there's lots of other businesses that are more so when this happened if i think i said this but when this happened we could stay alive we could continue to what we're doing for six weeks which means after we paid two months of rent we would have been out of business if we didn't change things yeah. so it's not like we're sitting on like hundreds of thousand dollars a bank in the bank like that's just not what it is. Yeah, I think that's right. And it, it does really help start getting business owners to bring future proofing to their, their frontal lobes and taking actionable insights into their reporting, not just, you know, what is my income and out, outflow of, of dollars here, but what is, you know, what is my runway? And I think even if we're having conversations like that, it's the entire gym owner community is immensely benefited. So yeah. I think there's a huge silver lining there. I think if a lot of business are staying scrappy and are feeling just like you, Ben, are, are feeling like they have never put in more time. Uh, we were talking to a few other gym owners on our tribe platform, and some, some of them were saying they've never felt more connected to their community. I think if they stay in those zones of just putting in the constant time, accepting and embracing the levels of adversity that I think everybody universally is accepting or is kind of embracing, um, that, that that's going to get them to the other side and have everybody come up much stronger. Yeah. So, uh, listen, Ben, I will uh, end it here. It's a little after 1230. We appreciate the time that you've, uh, you've put in. I know everybody watching really appreciates the time. So thank yeah, you thanks, very much. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely guys. Yeah. Um, hoping that everybody stays safe during this time and, um, uses time as an opportunity to kind of like double down on 
something. I don't know, like for real, I say something as like a dot, dot, dot. Everyone should come out of this with like a, a, a stronger connection to their family, better skill sets in their business, be able to do double unders, like pick something. Um, I, I saw, it's a, good, it's a cool meme that I saw, which was, um, if you don't come out of this thing with a new skill set, set of knowledge or ability in some way, you better never blame time as something, as a lacking resource. You're just lazy. <laughs> it's like, I love, I love that. Ben, where can people find you if they want to go check out your websites or your businesses? Yeah, basically the best place is probably either my Instagram, which is Ben Bergeron or um, comptrain.co. Sounds good. And for those of you who don't know, we're at Tribe Inc, T-R-I-I-B-I-N-C on both Instagram and Twitter. Thank you guys very much for taking the time. Have a good rest of your day. Stay safe, stay healthy.